0: You are listening to Prickly and Blooming. And now, your hostess, Jessie Browning. All right, all
1: right, all right.
0: Hello, everyone. I am here to introduce you to this week's episode and update you on a few things. Okay, first and obvious is... If you have tuned into social media, you all have seen that we did not take home the grand prize for the self-made podcast contest. More, more, more. The prize went to um, a true crime show called Knock Knock. They're working on solving cold cases, which I firmly believe in. So I'm super happy for them, and I hope they can um, keep doing awesome things working on cold cases. So... I want to thank you all so much for lifting me up and helping me get as far as I did in that contest. And I'm super proud um, that we made it to a finalist. I'm super grateful that y'all lifted me up in the last few weeks and shared and showed up and downloaded. And it was really fun. It was really fun. Um, I'm going to miss the energy of a contest. I, I won't miss the, like anxiety of a contest (laughs) I like doing the show but I don't like competing does that make sense like I really believe in the show um and so I would do it for that but oh that feeling of a contest lots of lots of ups lots of downs so I was on vacation during the final days of this contest um my husband and I went on vacation alone for the first time in four years um the last time we got away without our children and all of that was in 2017 I don't know how that happened I don't know how it got to be four years well I mean 2019 we moved 2020 was you know 2020 it's 2018 we took a big family trip together but it was so great to get away and we didn't go for a week we went for like five days and we went to Key West and it was wonderful and uh, it was our anniversary and then it was my birthday and I got to parasail on my birthday and that was really, really great. I love it. I had done it when I was like a teenager. Oh, and then on my birthday I got my nose pierced again because like isn't that what everybody does when they turn 42? And I said again. I would had my nose pierced when I was like 18 to about 25, I think it was. And then I I took it out because I was looking for a quote-unquote real job and I guess still looking for that real job. (laughs) So, but I'm going to go ahead and just get a nose ring put back in. So that's what I did for my birthday, parasailing and a nose ring winning it, right? Like hashtag winning. (laughs) Okay. So, um, again, thank you so much for your support. Um, that was really fun doing the contest. Oh, I want to tell you about, I need your help. I need you to fill out a listener form. So if you go to my website, um, on the home page, there, there'll be a link to fill out the listener form. It'll just take a few, three minutes, if not. It'll help me going forward. Um, since the contest didn't work out as our path forward to grow the show, I'm going to pursue other avenues. So I need listener information. You need listener information to take to you know, networks and anything else that would help you grow, you know, um, sponsorships or ads like that. Like anything that can help you wants to know who's listening. (laughs) So I'll put that on the homepage of pricklingblooming.com. It'll say listener survey and it will take you to a Google form. Uh, I won't collect emails or anything like that. It'll be like anonymous. Oh, in the link to that, we'll put a link to that in the show notes. So thanks. Thanks. You're the best. Uh, I got home from vacation, and I'm actually recording this on my phone. I meant to record this on my phone while I was on vacation, and I forgot. And then I got home, and I just tried to crank up my computer and get it going this morning. And my Apple mouse is dead, and I can't do anything on my computer. And I'm not sure if anybody else is aware of this, but you can't use the mouse when it's charging on the new this Apple Magic 2 mouse. Uh, and then there was a restart and so that happened well, and there was an update I don't know so I was like okay we're going back and recording this on the phone I don't normally record on my phone but we'll make do right now <laughs> oh did you hear my chair squeak um okay I'm gonna stop updating you on things and we're gonna go meet Maria so Maria and I recorded this over the internet and then I got to meet Maria was it last week? The week before 10 days ago I don't know time is real weird right now um, when I was in Austin and we got to have dinner and um, with a couple other gals and uh, that was super fun that was the first time I've met a guest that I didn't already know in person and a, a, oh Maylee this so bad and she's close she's just like in 90 minutes up the street 90 miles I mean okay um let's go meet Maria and hear about her her story and she does this really awesome thing. Um, I'm going to just like tease it a little bit. So it's called issue voter. And I've, I understood the problem that she's trying to solve is that you do your voting. Like this is a nonpartisan deal that she's working on. But you like vote for your person. You get your person in. You, you feel good. And like they're doing they're they're into legislature. And then you don't know what happens. Like you just like tune out and you're like, what what happened in the last two, four years? What did they do? And then you tune back in when it's time to vote again. And like, I don't like that feeling. I totally know what Maria was working on with this project. So she's trying to help you stay connected in the interim, between elections, you know? There's stuff that happens between elections. We need to pay attention to that. I am super in support of her initiative to keep people connected to their politicians between elections. Okay, everyone, Um, let's go meet Maria.
1: Hello, Maria. How are you? Great. Thank you so much for having me today.
0: Uh, Thank you. I love we both um, will do full disclosure. We both were like scrambling to get to this moment right now in the last hour. (laughs) You had like Austin traffic issues and I had technical issues. Ben, we're both here. And I just want to say congrats to both of us. Exactly. Yeah, we persevered. We did it. (laughs) So I'd like to start with what is your relationship to Texas? And what I mean is, do you live in Texas now? Are you from Texas? You know, tell us your, your your like fact-based,
1: you know, connection to Texas. I live in Austin and when people ask me where I'm from, I do say that I'm from Austin. I mm-hmm. did not grow up in Austin my entire life, but I came here for high school. I went to the University of Texas at Austin and those are the times in your life I think when you really bond with where you live. And so mm-hmm. I to me Austin has always been home. Yeah.
0: What did you get your degree in from
1: UT? I majored in finance. So I was in the business honors program and I majored in finance. And if you were to look at my resume, it's very traditional. There's a whole other side of me, which sometimes people are surprised. If some people know one side, they're like, how did this happen? And if people know the other side, they're like, wait, but looking at your LinkedIn, it looks so different. Um, But I majored in finance. I I worked in financial services. I went to business school. I worked in financial services some more. Um, And so it kind of, you know, just that face value looks like a very straight path but it wasn't huh yes and no is that the
0: other side yeah. oh I'm, I'm so excited <laughs> okay so so it seems like you know you came to Texas from middle school what did the state feel like to you then like what were your impressions of Texas coming from as I know this about you because we just mentioned it coming from the west coast what was it like being you know high school landing here
1: I remember that we moved over the summer which was nice, Mm -hmm. not having to move right in the middle of a school year. And Mm -hmm. my California friends were asking me things like, do people wear cowboy hats? Do people ride horses (laughs) to school? (laughs) And, you know, we were kids then. So these were not, you know, they they were kind of joking questions, but they were kind of actually asking these questions. And my experience was, I'm very lucky. I think I really found a, really solid group of friends in high school. I've always been someone that's done a lot of activities. So doing a lot of activities in high school helped me also just meet people and stay really busy. But recently, because I just moved back to Texas, I was cleaning out some of my belongings from my parents' house. And I came across a journal that I was writing. And I have entries there from like my first day of high school. And I don't even remember thinking these things, or I don't even remember all these things happening, but I have journal entries where it's like, today I wore this. Also, by the way, my journal entries weren't that emotional. They weren't like, oh, this is how I feel. They were like it fact-based, was like, this right? is what I did today. Kind of like a schedule. Um, I love it. <laughs> but it was like, I, I wore it. this to school today. And I sat by this person at lunch, but it was really funny because you could definitely see inklings of, oh, this is a high school student who doesn't know anyone. Didn't have any friends and was trying mm-hmm. to figure out like who to sit by at lunch and how to mm-hmm. meet people and, you know, who to be friends with and all of these things. And I think a lot of people go through that when they move. And so it's not that unique, but it was really just kind of funny for me to read these old journal entries. Look,
0: I actually have this note as uh, something I wanted to write about one day, saying I have no journals. I was sticky note right here on my wall about how interesting it is. I have nothing like that, and I think it, even though it's like mundane details and seem more like a schedule, that'd be so fascinating to go back and just to see what my schedule was, you know, when I was 14. I've, that, that's the title of a, a blog post I wanted to make someday. I have no journals, oh, and nice. like what that means. So yeah, even though that you think it's trivial, I think it's fascinating to have that information. So. When you lived, like, did you go live on campus
1: at UT or did you like live at your family home? I lived on campus and I also lucked out in that I had wonderful roommates and I'm still friends to this day with some of my okay. college mm-hmm. roommates. Um, and I think that also I've realized that large environments are the right fit for me. So okay. I realize uh, that going to a large university was mm-hmm. great for me because I have a lot of different interests. So even though I majored in finance, I was able to do a lot of other things while I was in school. Some of my favorite um, classes and professors were in the communication school. Mm-hmm. I was able to you know participate in student government. I was able to participate in Texas Review, which is the student talents show, I was on the uh board of the university co-op bookstore, which is a organization that gets to allocate money to student organizations. Mm -hmm. So I got to do all these really cool things. And I think had a lot of opportunities that I don't know that always exist in smaller schools.
0: Yeah, yeah. It's not a school, but I was thinking about it. I lived in Marfa. Have you heard of Marfa? Of course. Yes, I lived in Marfa for 14 years. And I'm like, mm, you were, that was the total opposite. You know, of course, there's tons of boards and everything to participate in. But there's not like 1,500 people. <laughs> you know, it's it's not a big That's smaller than my high school. I believe it. Yeah, I believe it. So my oldest is 13 and, you know, was born and raised in Marfa. And we moved two years ago to this town we live in now called San Angelo. And we sent our oldest to middle school. The middle school has 1,300 children in it. And Marfa has, you know, maybe about 1,600, 1,800, whatever. It was like sending them to a middle school the size of the town he used to live in. And they knew no one. You know, they'd been inside the school once. And I was like, "Oh, kid. <laughs> and they're doing great. That's great. Yeah. 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 People are there. Yeah. It's kind of, I think, actually what they needed was to expand their horizons a little bit. So did you intend to leave Texas after graduating, or, you know, what did you think you were going to do? Did you think you would stay in Austin, or did you think, like, okay, I'm going to go explore the world?
1: Well, if, you know, people who know me now know that I am the founder of a tech nonprofit that that has to do with civic engagement, and so...
0: Wonderful. I love it. If, we'll but if you knew me that. then, you know,
1: you would see a person who I, I majored in finance and I've always been a very competitive person, not competitive with other people. Like I've I've realized also in hindsight and just reflecting, like I don't compare myself to people, but I'm very competitive in that I set a high bar for myself. And so mm-hmm. at the time that I was in college, if you were a finance major, the competitive thing to do was to do investment banking in New York City. And so that was my plan. Okay. And I had been to New York City when I was in middle school, and I was one of those people that upon visiting New York, I just felt like, e- that was even before I knew my major, even before I knew mm-hmm. any idea what kind of career I would have, I just thought, I'm going to live here one day. And yeah, so you felt it. fast forward, you know, probably seven years from that point, I lived in New York City. And so, yeah, it wasn't that surprising. And it, but it wasn't, it, wasn't, mm-hmm. it wasn't based on a desire to leave Texas. Like, it wasn't based on, I have to get out of here, or I don't like Texas, or I don't like Austin. It was really just based on um, the career I wanted and the vibrancy of a large city that I, well, I felt very comfortable with that kind of energy Mm -hmm. around me. Which I think is so fascinating, because we're talking, the time difference between
0: Austin was a very small city, if you will, you know, when you were probably graduating, and now, which we'll get to later, of like, you know, spoiler alert, (laughs) you know, it's grown.
1: Exactly. (laughs) But to your question about leaving Texas, I was also going to mention that, you know, I never considered a career in politics. I never saw that as a career path. Like, I chose my career by process of elimination. I kind of knew I didn't want to... Well, I knew I wanted to do something, you know, so-called practical. Like, I wasn't a liberal Mm -hmm. arts major. But I sort of eliminated, you know, I don't necessarily want to be an engineer. I I don't like to see blood, so I don't want to be a doctor. I don't like to Mm -hmm. memorize things, and so I don't want to be a lawyer. And so what's left? the business school. But while I was in college and participating in student government, that's where I got to see these inklings of what what really have influenced me now, which are, I participated in a student group that introduced and passed a piece of legislation in the Texas State Legislature, and I interned for a rep, and through that internship experience, I really saw how few people contact their reps. But I also Mm -hmm. learned that every constituent contact is in fact tracked which is something I think people kind of know now but back then you know people really didn't know that back Mm -hmm. then you were not seeing all these calls to action to call your rep and so those little sprinklings of experiences Mm -hmm. that I had at the University of Texas really did influence me many years later that's so
0: cool I'm just like awesome love it Love it. I love that you got involved. Like, did you just get involved just to do something, the kind of resume build? Like, I'm like, how did you get to the legislature?
1: Yeah, to be perfectly honest, I never did anything just to resume build. In fact, that was okay. almost a pet peeve of mine. I was like, oh, I don't oh. like people when they just, like, want to do something just to put it on their resume. Like, <laughs> oh, right. I wanted to do it because I wanted to do it. You know, like, I was interested oh, I in, um, I was int- I've always been kind of interested, yeah, in how to make big changes. I think mm-hmm. what was the piece of legislation? Then? Oh, it was very relevant for students. So it was getting a student representative on the Texas Systems Board of Regents. Got it. So there was no student voice, there was no student seat, and many of the other large public um, university systems had a student representative. I mm-hmm. think at the time, I can't remember, but we did comps, of course, so it might have been University of California system, it might have been the Michigan system, other large state systems had a student voice, and UT mm-hmm. didn't. And so now there is a student seat, it's appointed by the governor, they have a certain term, and so I think that was something that, as students, we were all really proud of.
0: Yeah, that's super cool. And it still goes on today.
1: Yes. And that's also something I really love. Like, I love to Mm -hmm. to think about how can I do something that's going to last beyond the time that I'm there.
0: Yeah, I love it. Okay. So then I'm like, all right, you're just just a mover and a shaker. (laughs) Definitely a mover. (laughs) Yeah, definitely lots of moving. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So then you land in New York and you work in finance. And I'm assuming, you know, you kill it. Well, I also,
1: I think I just, maybe I just like variety, but I, um, okay. even working at, like a, in a job that was 80 plus hours a week, I also was someone mm-hmm. that didn't want to just do one thing. <laughs> so <laughs> I joined the board of a nonprofit while I was in New York uh-huh. and I really loved doing that. And then I mentioned to you this earlier when we were just chatting, but that is when I took a leave of absence to go to Iowa. Mm -hmm. So that is actually Mm -hmm. um, something where I made a conscious decision to take some time off from work Mm -hmm. and uh, take a risk and do something really different. So I got to go to Iowa and work on a political campaign. And that was also a really pivotal moment. Um, Again, not something immediate pivotable, like not something Mm -hmm. where, oh, I went to Iowa and then everything changed, Mm -hmm. you know, two months later. It's like hindsight. It's exactly hindsight. I went to Iowa and it was just so striking to me, you know, for people that are in Texas or for people that Mm -hmm. are, you know, in states that have traditionally always been either red or blue, Mm -hmm. the experience with politics, i think is different than a place like yes. Iowa. So Iowa at the time was absolutely a swing state. And the district I worked in was a swing district. As we do know, Iowa does get a lot of attention ahead of the presidential yes. elections. one hundred percent. But to actually be there and feel it and see it was just so incredible. It was very inspiring and it made me feel in a way very optimistic. So I didn't have a pessimistic reaction to it. I think some people are like, why does Iowa get all this attention? And like, right, you know, I, this isn't fair, but I felt like this is amazing. Like, it's like, you know, they should just be grateful because the people, the Iowans who live there get to mm-hmm. meet candidates. They get to meet candidates, mm-hmm. not at these large rallies, but at small coffee shop events, they get to actually talk mm-hmm. to them. They get to ask questions. They're very informed. And seeing how much focus there is on elections we all see that, but it's amplified in Iowa. And so yeah. that's really what was striking to me was, okay, so in Iowa, the focus on elections is even more, but in Iowa, just like everywhere else, it's really hard to know what happens between elections. And that right. really upset me, it really frustrated me, it me- really made me feel like this isn't right. Like. When we vote, the person we voted for may or may not win, but regardless of that, there's someone in office who is making decisions that affect my life, and I don't even mm-hmm. know what those decisions are. There's yep. one or two that make the headlines. You know, this year, at least at the federal level, we've heard probably about the American Rescue Plan. Like I think a lot of people have heard about that. A lot of people have heard mm-hmm. about this infrastructure bill. People hear about, oh no, the you know, impending doom of the government shutdown. But people are not hearing about like Every single week, there are mm-hmm. decisions being made and we don't know about them. And, and it's true. Mm-hmm. Some of these decisions don't really affect you. I mean, not every bill mm-hmm. is going to always affect every single person's day-to-day life. Right. But there are bills that, like, could be on issues that you care about and that do affect you and you don't even know about them. That, like, planted this seed of a very deep frustration. And then I just went back to New York and was working in finance again. For a while. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I made a couple notes. I take notes over here. When you said there
0: are states that are traditionally, you know, vote red or vote blue, I've lived in one of each. Like I'm from Massachusetts, and I moved to Texas, and I just love that it's a complete like dichotomy. You know, some of some of the opposite places in the world, you know, or in our country to have lived. I've lived in I've yeah lived in them. So I just want to say I know what that that means. But I don't know what it's like to be in something like in Iowa, you know, where it's, well, I wouldn't say Iowa. I don't know what would be a swing state now. It doesn't matter. Pennsylvania, um, maybe. Well, Iowa's still yes. because of the caucus.
1: So because of the caucus, true. they still do get, you know, they get a lot of attention. Have you ever done a caucus? I have not, actually. No, I didn't participate in that process.
0: I did in Marfa. Oh. We did a caucus it was the coolest thing. Yeah. It was done at the firehouse and it was like stand on this side of the room if you or stand on this side of the room. Like my husband and I were just invigorated by how Like powerful that was. I'm not even kidding. To see it. Yeah, you actually see people. Yes, stand on this side of the firehouse versus this side of the firehouse and we're going to count. And all of us were all because it was like a lot of city folk moving into a small town. And I remember gosh, it must have been 2007 that we did that. Oh, wow. Leading up. Yeah. And a lot of us were like, we have never done anything so like what's the word like exposed right either, you know what i mean a lot of like election things are like secret, under your, your right your, yeah they're secret they're behind your ter- trifold or whatever like there was something really fun about it <laughs> you know, that's the only time i've ever done it anyway so, oh yeah, very I, I cool i forgot about it until you said that i was like oh i've done a caucus nice. you know? yeah anyway do you this is totally random question right do you know what anagram number you are i do what are you I don't know. I barely know anything about this. Oh, okay. I'm I was going to very... say guess, but... <laughs> but uh, no, that's why I can't
1: guess. Yeah, oh. I don't know enough yet. That's why I want to ask. Do you <laughs> ask everyone this? No, nope, I think it's just so came interesting. up with it. Oh, interesting. Nope. So nope. I I am an eight. Okay.
0: Okay. So I'll have to look... Because I don't even know. So I've done like little tests, but I did like a big one, and I paid money for it this year, and I came, I've, I'm came. i a four, and so I'm still reading what that means about me. So oh, I'm wanna, that's I want to start asking
1: people now. Oh, I, now I totally understand why you lived in Marfa. Okay. <laughs> just kidding. Well, kind of kidding. Not really. Yeah. <laughs> That's so fucking great. Awesome. Not just live there. Let me just add. Not just okay. live there, but live yeah. there before it was cool and everyone knew about it. I Yes. I
0: love that you can acknowledge that I lived there before it was cool and everyone knew about it. I mean, I, I went there oh, in 2006. My husband and I went for a camping weekend. For El Cosmico, which is the TPS trailers, you know, campground. My friend worked for the owner of that in Austin. And she said to me, like, you guys are really stressed out. You should come for a camping weekend in Marfa. And I said, what's Marfa? Like, everybody says, right. what are you talking about? And so, we went for that weekend. And I had done enough research before we went there that I had set an appointment with a realtor when we were there. And within three months, we had moved back and settled our life into Marfa. Wow, sold our that's house, amazing. Our, yeah, everything. Yeah, so it was December of 2006 when we moved there. And we... We were there for 13 years um, until two summers ago, we moved here to expand our business. But we really saw what... Now I, ch- I describe it to people who don't know it. I'm like, well, let's pretend Instagram was a town. <laughs> and that's where <what> Marfa is. <laughs> anyway, how did you end... Because I know you end up leaving New York.
1: What happened there? <laughs> I like to say. Yeah. How did you leave New York? What? what it wasn't you- planned. It wasn't... It, similar mm. to how leaving Austin wasn't... Well, actually different. So... Mm -hmm. Leaving Austin didn't have anything to do with Austin. Leaving New York absolutely had to do with New York, not my career. And so I had launched Issue Voter in 2016. So I was already uh, working from from anywhere. I was already someone who could work from anywhere. But in around 2018, I started to notice that whenever I would fly back into New York City after being on a trip, whether that trip be a conference or a vacation or just for whatever reason being out of town, I had a feeling of instead of the feeling I think you should have when you're flying home, mm-hmm. which is relief to be home or mm-hmm. excitement to be back in your city, I had a feeling of, oh, now I'm gonna have to deal with the traffic and the noise and the pollution mm-hmm. and the crowdedness. And I would say that these things were not things that I noticed in the many years that I lived in New York before that. And I mm-hmm. would also say that I think these things were, actually objectively were getting worse. It wasn't mm-hmm. just, oh, cause I've been there a long time or oh, because I was getting older. The traffic, if you were to do a traffic study, it was worse. The noise, mm-hmm, yeah. if you were to take a sound, you know, machine or something. Well, how You know, they measured the you decibels. from look up some graphs. And, yeah, it's, yeah. It, I, I would say, I would almost, I would bet money, like, it was worse. It was louder. If you look at the number of people who lived in New York, it was more people. So it was actually mm-hmm. just those things got to almost a point where I started to notice them. Whereas before, right. I never noticed them. And I think that that's something that maybe that level is just different for everyone. Because, you know, I have, to that earlier point, I have... I know people who will go to New York and even back when I didn't think it was that crowded or noisy or not so bad. Mm-hmm. And people and were like, oh, too- I can never live here. There's too many people. Right. But yeah, so it's, there was some kind of tipping point that it got to where I was like, yeah, no, not mm-hmm. for me anymore. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to yeah. guess you were in your
0: thirties at least. I was <laughs> in my thirties. Yep. So That's maybe
1: age s- was part of it. I mean, I, I guess I don't like to acknowledge that because I don't like to acknowledge getting older. Yeah, but I think there's something about being in your 30s, right? Like, I remember saying,
0: like, I'm not going anywhere if I can't sit down. Like, I'm not going to stand all night around a tall, top table, whatever, and, like, pretend to listen to music I don't want to listen to. Do you know what Like, I had that, where I was like, I'm not going anywhere – like it's something that I want to sit down the whole time. Right. If there's not a
1: chair available to me, I'd, yeah, I don't want anything. Why be uncomfortable? Why? Exactly. Oh. Like, why wait yes. in line to get in somewhere? Why be uncomfortable? It's yes. not necessary. Yes.
0: <laughs> oh, after 13 years of living in Marfa, I have zero patience for waiting for food. Like, the, the brunch scene
1: in Austin on a Sunday, waiting two hours, I won't do it. Can't well, do it. I hate it. to break no. it to you. The place we're having oh, dinner gosh. in Austin doesn't mm-hmm. take outdoor patio reservations, so there might be a wait. So just brace oh. yourself, but we'll have a great okay, conversation and we will all get to know each other. It'll be fun. Okay. I'll be fine with that. It's I, okay. This is, I have four kids.
0: <laughs> so that's probably has to do more with it. You know what I mean? Oh, right. <laughs> with that, with that policy of like, if we can't get in somewhere it, <laughs> Totally. Yep. yep. <laughs> that's colored my experience. So we I want to talk about you said you started Issue Voter in 2016 but it wasn't until 2018 that you decided to, you know, head out of New York, correct? That's right. So tell us a little bit about Issue Voter. So as
1: you said, Issue Voter launched in 2016, but it really mm-hmm. it was something that I was marinating on in the back of my mind for a long time and it was a frustration that was building since I was in Iowa. And so mm-hmm. I as we talked about, I worked in financial services, I went to business school. I I after business school also worked in financial services But throughout this time, it just kept weighing on me, this problem of, we don't know what our reps are doing between elections, it's hard to engage, it's hard to understand the legislation they're passing, it's hard to Mm -hmm. know if we're really being represented. Mm -hmm. And I started to really watch the civic tech space to see if anything was being done to solve this problem, to see what other solutions were out there. And I felt like there wasn't anything out there that was solving this problem in an easy-to-use, efficient way. Mm -hmm. And so... Mm -hmm. Really, it just got to this point where I decided I was just going to create it. There's a few reasons I think sometimes people become entrepreneurs. So one Mm -hmm. might be, there's a lot of reasons. But some of the common reasons that I hear are sometimes people want to become billionaires sometimes people just hate their jobs and need something else to do. Mm -hmm. Um, And then sometimes people don't want to live in a world where this doesn't exist. And so I would put myself in that camp. I didn't want to live in a world where I couldn't use a something that made it easy for me to stay engaged year round, but didn't take a lot of my time because recognizing that everyone is busy and everyone Mm -hmm. has many things in their lives going on. And so It was just that frustration building, not seeing a solution, where I finally decided I'm going to create it. I went to a lot of tech networking events in New York City. I was very open about talking about my idea. I told anyone who would listen, I would ask questions. I would ask people what their interacting with politics was like, what were their frustrations. Um, I think I basically did a lot of design thinking before I even knew what that was. I did a lot of just questioning and talking to people. But then mm-hmm. once I once I started to formulate like what the actual idea was and something a little more cre- concrete, I, I was a little more explicit about saying, you know, this is what I want to create, and this is this kind is of what, what I think I it'll do. Mm-hmm. And I was very fortunate to also meet someone that was also really passionate about the idea, the vision, the impact. And we both had full-time jobs and started creating what's today, what's now Issue Voter. And really what spurred it forward was we were one of the winners in a competition that New York City has called NYC Big Apps. And winning that competition was both validation and a little bit of money to hire a designer. And, so the vali- and what I mean by validation is some of the judges in that competition were people like the CTO of New York City, the CIO of Google, the head of civic tech at Microsoft, the head of Cornell Tech. So it was people that had a lot of experience in both um, government, civics, and technology. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, coming out of that, it was 2016, an election year. As I'm sure we all remember, mm-hmm. and I just asked myself if I don't focus full time on this now, would I regret it? And the answer was yes. So that's what I decided to do. There was no long term plan. You know, there was no. I went to business school. There was no business plan. It was like it was just yeah, one of these yeah, things where yeah. I felt so like I'm just gonna do it. Uh, it was, yep. I mean, yeah. In hindsight, maybe it was a little reckless. Maybe it was a little bit, you know, sp- uh, spontaneous, but. I mean, if anything, the decision to do it full time might have felt spontaneous, but I had had and been thinking about the idea for so long that it didn't feel that way. Yep, yep. And then now we're like coming up on our five-year anniversary, which I kind of can't believe. It's just flown. It's really flown by. Um, and like any, like any nonprofit, like any tech nonprofit, like any new venture, I would say there's definitely been ups and downs. It's not all like roses all the time. Uh, but big picture, I am really happy with what i'm doing and the impact we've been able to create in the world so far
0: that's awesome that's awesome five years now i bet has been like you are now i I would call it like the crest you know i remember when we opened our business which is totally different totally other like other side of the spectrum but i remember being two years into it and i had a customer who was a furniture maker and designer coming for coffee and it was and he was asking like he was doing that like okay how's it going and like the real I knew he, he's he's a person that real talk not just like oh it's great like I knew he had the capacity where I was like I think we're like you know I was like I think we're getting our stride and this not and and the other and, but um it's still it's really hard and I, like I was talking about how hard it was and he goes okay you know how long has it been now and I was like it's been two years and I was like so when does it get different like when does and he knew I said he's like 10 years and I was like
1: <laughs> oh wow well that's, yeah. that's good advice that's really helpful to yeah. know
0: yeah 10 years is when like and it was true so when we hit our 10 years i was like oh this is what he's talking about it things changed, things like fell into place so if you're feeling like like an adolescent in it do you feel like an adolescent in it now yeah
1: that's that's accurate yeah yeah, yeah. by 10 years oh that's yep. that's very helpful to hear yeah, I, I. But to your point about the real talk, mm-hmm. I always tell people mm-hmm. things are going medium. So when people ask yeah. me how are things going with issue Voter, I always say medium, because mm-hmm. I think if if someone's if someone's just like everything's great, we're killing it, okay, mm-hmm. they're lying. <laughs> yes, one hundred percent. But also, <laughs> also as an entrepreneur, you can't be. I don't think, I think it'd be very hard to be an entrepreneur if you're like a naturally pessimistic person. So on the other side of it, if, if people are like, how is it going? And you're like horrible, everything is going uh, wrong. <laughs> I don't know why I did this. Yeah. yeah. No,
0: no, exactly. So There's a certain sort of skill set for me yeah, yes. at least for now. I love that. I'm going to, I'm writing that down.
1: you can write down. I'm writing down medium. <laughs> I have to mention, I think now, because you mentioned adolescent mm-hmm. and that is how I describe Austin to people. I tell people Mm -hmm. I think Austin is is a teenager. Yeah, Austin is now. Austin now is a teenager. It is Mm -hmm. still kind of shiny and new. Mm -hmm. It's still figuring itself out. It is still it's growing rapidly. Mm -hmm. It's Mm -hmm. not a it's not an old established city with with Mm -hmm. hundreds of years of culture. It's not Mm -hmm. it's not a New York City or a Chicago. Mm -hmm. Boston exactly. Mm Boston has so much history, especially related to, yep. you know, the, the formation of the country. Okay. Do you want to hear something real funny? Yeah. Okay. So my husband's from Texas, right?
0: And this was years ago. And we we're talking about like being in elementary school. I think one of our children got to this year and they have certain years that they talk about Texas history. Yes. Right. You must've done this. So he says to me, you know, he's like, well, didn't you have that? Didn't you have Massachusetts history? Song. Yes. Yes. There's a pledge. There's yeah. <laughs> all this stuff. He says, didn't you have Massachusetts history? And I like looked at him and it was like crickets and I was like, it was history. It was U.S. history. (laughs) And he was like, oh, and I was like, yeah, dude, no, everything, like, what you thought was U.S. history was our state. It was just like this wonderful moment. Yeah, it was this wonderful moment
1: (laughs) (laughs) where I was like, it was history. Yeah. (laughs) So, exactly. So, you hear, you get what I'm saying. I think Austin's a teenager. So, in that sense, I (laughs) think it's an exciting time for Austin to be in Austin. And I think, it's so cool that you mentioned five-year point being adolescent because I'm like, oh, that means I'm supposed to be here now. Yes. So how did you get back here? Because <laughs> I know you're I here. You flew. No, i kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I flew south. <laughs> well, I, it's kind of a long story. I thought I was going to move to LA. I
0: asked myself. I thought I was going to move to LA too. <gasps> we it. Oh, I want
1: to yeah. hear why.
0: Okay. I met my husband, and I so I stayed in Austin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but what was it? What was no. the draw to LA for you? Television. They didn't have a film television degree at UMass, so I got a communications degree, and I was living in Austin, and I was trying to break into the movie industry there. And it's back then, twenty years ago, was very much a boy bro culture. Couldn't bust in, and I did get some work on reality TV shows, and I could have gotten more work if I moved to LA. Oh. So I was planning on moving to LA, and then I met who's I mean, it's seventeen years now. We've been together i had to tell my friend she she'd gone before me and i was like so i've met someone and i think i have to see this through so
1: oh that's that's 17 years later that's really cool well good (laughs) for you for kind of
0: you know trusting your gut back then Mm -hmm. yeah yeah she knew something was up because i was very unlike me she was like you what
1: anyway yeah okay so you were gonna move to la Mm -hmm. i was attracted to la because of the weather because I thought, what other city and the beach? So I was attracted to LA because of the weather and the beach, and I thought, what other city in the US has great food, culture, diversity, and great weather and the beach? And I couldn't think of very many. So and so I thought I was going to move to l a and I even went out there to visit and look at apartments, and I don't know oh
0: wow, you were real maybe close. it just yeah. was a
1: feeling or something it just I just didn't pull the trigger for whatever reason it just didn't happen and mm-hmm. so I um yeah, in 2019, I came back to Austin, and it was my first time living in Austin as an adult and not mm-hmm. a student and mm-hmm. uh, since Austin has changed so much, it was kind of fun to get to know it again a little bit, kind of get acquainted, but I wouldn't say that I was fully out there investing Mm -hmm. in Austin at that time. Mm -hmm. I would say that I was in 2019 going on trips like twice a month. Like I I almost was nomadic that year. I pretty much used Austin as a home base and I was going to conferences, I was traveling um, and Austin was my home base. Then in 2020, I went to DC because Ish Voter was accepted into an incubator program, which is based in DC. And so I went to D.C. in 2020 and then COVID happened. And then we participated in our incubator during COVID. <laughs> Virtually, oh my then everything was virtual. <laughs> and so I also was kind of curious about D.C., but never really got to experience what it's like to live in D.C. in normal times. Right. Yep. And I had only previously been to D.C. really as a tourist. And mm-hmm. so after that program ended, I decided to move back to Austin to make an official move back to Austin and to really live in Austin. And so it's been about a year and I'm, I was very careful during COVID. So I wasn't doing a lot of exploring until this year. And only recently I have been going to lots of the new restaurants, uh, just rediscovering Austin. And it's been so much fun and it's been Mm -hmm. really cool. And one of the funniest things that I've encountered is when I meet people who've moved here, like myself, in the last two years. But I tell them mm-hmm. I went to high school here, I went to college here, I'm from oh, Austin. So you're like I was here. They, <laughs> now, now that now Austinites are apparently considered a rarity, because people will say yeah. like. Oh, you're from Austin? That's so interesting. Oh. That's so unique. And that's kind of how I used to be in New York City. Like, when I met yeah. people in New York City that were actually from New York, I was like, wow, right. that's so cool. I feel like everyone in New York that you meet is not from New York, in you know, in Manhattan um, yep. or in Brooklyn. So I have to say, when I... <laughs>
0: laughing to myself so much because when i lived in marfa which i have to explain to people is 200 miles from an airport it's 100 miles from a walmart it is in the middle of nowhere and people used to say like do you live here (laughs) and i was like well yeah no it's not like we commuted for anyone from anywhere like yes i live like three tenths of a mile that way like four blocks that yeah. way but it was just it's just it's such marfa is like a small town with just like the biggest reputation so people think that i don't know like it were paid actors or something oh it how funny the strangest well, thing you, did you know? say it
1: was like instagram town so maybe they thought you're like you know everyone's there yeah, like it was like
0: an experience <laughs> but it was so funny like working in like we had a coffee shop so i'd see tourists all the time oh that's amazing and they'd be like so do you live here you know, and I'm like, yeah, are you from here? Well, no, I'm not from here, you know, but. So
1: are your businesses that, in Marfa still there? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah. Well, yeah. I still haven't been. So someday when I go, I'm definitely going to check out wherever you tell me to go. Mm-hmm. Yes,
0: I will. Well, there's not much like you can get you can nail it all in like three days You know, because <laughs> it's, it's just a tiny town. So how has I'm like, I want to know these funny little things that like what has changed in Austin since you left and you came back cuz did you leave in the early 2000s? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's when I left Austin too. I left in 2006. Yep. And so then I haven't been back oh, I'll be back next weekend but I haven't been back. Well, when we do go we go uh, we have family that lives in Lakeway. So we end up at like out in Lakeway quite a bit, but just the one word that I <laughs> that I chose for the first like two years when we would
1: head back would be condos <laughs> that's amazing yeah that i lo- oh i should just i love the idea of just having one word well i guess yes. what's your word? well if anything i think what? the word is teenager but okay yeah that like the feel of the city is teenager not that there's mm-hmm, a lot mm-hmm. of teenagers um, no but the uh-huh. oh but I, I i like the word how you just had this word condo i'm gonna have to think nope. about that
0: <laughs> yeah so it was the time i left from 2006 and we it, you know it was sometime maybe in like 09 or something and it was like when 10 or something like when things just really started to like what you know the city just started to grow up literally up you know like uh, buildings i should have bought a condo back then why didn't i do that yeah (laughs) and so my husband and i were just like what is this like every other block is like retail on the bottom and condos on the top the new you know the new metropolitan setup and we were just like condos 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 oh that's funny (laughs) yeah you have to think about it. Restaurants, 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 restaurants. Yeah, <laughs> which is yes. which for me is a highlight because I love restaurants. Yes, I um, got another subject, but I'm like, I have a friend who owns um, businesses on South Congress, and he's, you know, been down there for uh, 2005. He opened one of his businesses down there, and just anyway, is that's still, a whole nother Yes, is it yes. one that I've yes. been yes. to probably? Probably, probably. I have a friend who owns, I mean, I'm going to say Big Top Candy Shop, and he also owns Monkey See, Monkey Do. So they're like retail shops kind of just past like um, Enoteca. Is Enoteca still there? It is. It is actually still there. The next block up, he owns two like retail shops. Oh, nice. Yes. And so we we talk, I keep in contact with him about like what it's like to be a small business owner in Austin and what's happening in rent and that kind of stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah anyway so how did you like did you decide intentionally of like this is where i'm going to come back to because now i can work remotely i can do whatever i want you know what i mean i've got um an online job completely i don't need to be in new york anymore for the finance world you were like that's it i'm kind of going
1: home if you will yeah yeah i did it's really nice and it's it's a good time for me to come back because as we've been talking about austin's grown so much it's still growing Mm -hmm. and i do think that i am someone that likes that about a city where there's mm-hmm. newness yeah, and, things, previously. and things mm-hmm. to discover and mm-hmm. definitely a high percentage of my if there was a pie chart for how I make my decisions around which cities I like a big piece of that pie is the food yeah so One, fortunately yeah. there's a lot more options now 100%. than there used to be okay what's your favorite restaurant or what, what like what's your favorite cuisine i don't have a favorite restaurant okay. yet but i like okay. to have i have favorite i have maybe favorite favorite specifics at yes. least so far mm-hmm. like your drink at this place right. the appetizers
0: at this yeah, place exactly okay what's your what's so, your favorite appetizer right now i
1: have <laughs> i would say that my favorite happy hour is at least so that i've tried so far is at clark's because it's five dollar martinis <gasps> Ooh, five five dollar
0: martinis i'd love to get to this point when people's story is like so now what now you're in austin i'm like we're not at the end of covid like are you going to start traveling more when like i mean just ugh, the way that covid affects everything i'm like it might affect how your business operates does it like are you able to go and do things because it sounds like you were doing conferences and i'm assuming that was too so
1: yeah so in terms of issue voter i mean Everything that we provide can be provided online. So, you know, the way it works is people, they get alerts before Congress votes. Right. They, right. We summarize bills into layman's yeah, terms with points from both sides. They can easily send their opinion to their senators or member of Congress. And then we automatically, everyone gets a personalized scorecard that shows the percentage of time your rep is voting, how you would want them to vote. And so you can see whether or not you're being represented, between elections and become a more informed voter at the next election. And actually, I will mention this. It's not just for voters. It's something where high school students can use issue voter, non-citizens can use issue voter because we're all constituents. And so it's all online. And we do have people using it in every single district across Mm -hmm. the U.S. So in terms of Austin and what's next, I would say that with issue voter, always what's next is trying to fundraise more so that we can build new features, so that we can serve more people, and so that we can partner with more nonprofits. And so to give you some examples, which I think are really cool, we, for example, have a partnership with a woman that has a newsletter that is sent to over 400 prisons across the U.S. And so we can deliver the information that we have even to people who don't have access to the Internet. Or, you know, we also have a partnership with some nonpartisan collectives and organizations to help them track specific issues that they care about. We're partnering with colleges and universities. And so a lot of these partnerships grew out of relationships from conferences and from in-person introductions and coffees and meeting mm-hmm. people. Mm-hmm. And so that's the piece mm-hmm. that I think that mm-hmm. I did not necessarily pivot in, during COVID. So during COVID, we leaned into our internship program. We have a fully built-out internship Mm -hmm. program now that follows the the school schedule. So we have summer interns, Mm -hmm. fall interns, and spring interns. And that is, you know, running pretty much like a well-oiled machine now. So that's something that happened during COVID. We also launched a program where we have what we call ambassadors, Mm -hmm. but it's not ambassadors in the traditional sense. Um, It's a cohort of people that attend weekly webinars and we have really amazing speakers. So we have former member of Congress, um, congressional staffers, people that have founded campaign training programs, people that um, are lobbyists, people that run think tanks. And so they get to hear from all the different aspects of the machine or all the inner workings that form our federal policy. And so uh, mm-hmm. so that's something that happened because of COVID, because w- we were like, oh, well, I guess, you know, we can try to connect with people using a she Voter through, through virtual, you know, virtual events. Um, and we had never really even done events before. But yeah, the piece that really yeah. suffered, um, and it could be attributed also to my personality, was building relationships with funders, which also takes time. And, you know, also I, in my opinion, is best done Mm -hmm. starting in person and then Mm -hmm. building relationships with more partners, people that, you know, just see issue voter as a resource that they would be excited to share with their communities Mm -hmm. and even building relationships with members of Congress and their staff. Mm -hmm. So that was a big goal of mine when I was in D.C. last year. And I actually visited the Capitol and had Mm -hmm. three meetings Literally the day before it shut down, before they were no longer allowing visitors, <laughs> and so, so I got some I got some meetings oh, in, but not wow. as many meetings as I yep. probably would have had. Yep. So it was that was a little bit unfortunate that I really Barely, didn't get to yeah. meet people yep. in person, uh, and I I don't think I've really figured out for some of these relationships how to do it virtually. Mm-hmm. I just think it's not the same. I do hope conferences open back up. I hope I do hope to maybe maybe I'll you know schedule a trip to D.C. and just plan to be there for a month and try to have as many meetings as I can during that month or something along those lines. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, Issue Voter can kind of operate from anywhere for now. But I mean, big picture. So, okay, we're adolescents. So when we're grown ups, we're going to have an office mm-hmm. and a full-time staff. Yeah. So right now we're adolescents and I have, you know, a, yep. a team that is uh, paid Yay. but part-time. Um, and then also I'm very grateful for all of our wonderful volunteers. Yep. Um, our interns our advisory board and so these are the people that Mm -hmm. I stay in touch with on a day-to-day basis and it's actually really exciting it's really nice because I can definitely feel that we have support and that I'm I know that I can't do it all so it's it's really nice to have over the years built up Mm -hmm. what I now feel like is a pretty solid uh, foundation of people
0: I love this it's so, I love coming to this realization really quickly when you were talking, I was like, oh yeah, I know the problem you're talking about. I know the issue you're solving here is not knowing what's happening between election to election because we only tune in between election to election. And I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the person that's like, where's my cheat sheet before I go into this election? You know, what am I, what am I supposed to be knowing about? You know, I don't like feeling like that, you know, and <laughs> How much does the actual Texas legislature work?
1: (laughs) Every other year for a few months. I just wanted to just throw that in there, everyone. Just that. Just repeat that. Every other year for a few months.
0: Every other year for a few months, everyone, is how often they work. Just knowing that, you know, and can
1: I ask you, is that typical for all the states or is that just our state? I don't have a... It's, so, so, no, not that's yeah. not definitely not every state. But there are. I think there are some states that operate on a every other year starts, schedule. I don't right. know. I don't care. Yeah. I can't. I'm not, like, I can't recite mm-hmm. exactly the numbers of how many. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure. I got to
0: visit the Texas State Capitol I, probably the last time they were in session. Well, no. It would have been two times ago. Um, when my oldest child was part of a um, program and got to, you know, come get an award. and And that's when I learned that. I was like, wait, what? Like, how much? What do you mean? When session is over and you won't be like till til to one. Have you, you ever thought you about know, running like, for office? Uh, no.
1: <laughs> that was very immediate no. that was a very quick answer. <laughs> yeah. 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 I
0: don't have so my husband, yes, he has the um the personality for it. The like I I've done lots of work and I don't take things personally, but I it would just like eat up my, my heart. Uh, you know, like a yeah, like I just don't have that thick skin for it, you know. I'm too much of like a mama lover, like let me give you a hug and like you guys and you know, <laughs> you know. My husband though is is built for that and maybe someday, but we've got so much business and babies and you know, not babies, they're kids you now. But anyway, I I feel like we're getting to the end, but I wanna I always open this up to what didn't I ask? What do we need to know? What else do you need to tell people before we
1: before we wind things down? I highly recommend that people visit Austin. It's mm-hmm. a great place. And I'm not just during yeah. South by Southwest or ACL Fest, but yeah. just come and visit Austin. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a great place to, you have to be here to get a feel for what it, the vibe. Mm-hmm. And of course I would love for people listening to use issue voter. It's a free public service. Yes, We are a nonprofit. Um, it's at issue And I just want to invite everyone and welcome people to share it. It can be used in classrooms, Mm -hmm. we're developing lesson plans for teachers. We are, you know, really, really excited about the fact that 74% of people using issue voter have said they've been exposed to new viewpoints, 89% have said that it motivated them to take other forms of civic action, like registering to vote, attending a town hall meeting, Uh, volunteering or bringing up a conversation about politics or about an issue that they care about. And 37% of people said that issue voters what motivated them to vote in the first place in the 2020 election. And so it's exciting. You know, when I say use issue voter, it's not just like selfish, like use issue voter. It's like we are starting to see and we know that it impacts people's habits around civic engagement, which then Mm -hmm. the big picture of course is how we influence policy that affects our lives and create a better world and shape the world around us mm-hmm. and have members of Congress truly represent their constituents. And so that is that is the vision. Like we want to um, truly have everyone's voices be heard.
0: What a great way to end it. I love that.
1: Thank you. Yeah, it. this was so much yeah. fun.
0: Yeah. Okay, now I have, though, we, we have a little fun stuff to do before <laughs> before we go. Okay, I have fun questions. Ready? It's not a test. There are no right and wrong answers. Cilantro, yes or no? No. Oh, does it taste like soap to you? It doesn't.
1: What's I know about this, but okay. I don't think That's... it tastes like soap, but I also don't like it. Like it. Oh, interesting. All right. but maybe i don't know what soap tastes like right yeah well,
0: what does it <laughs> taste like what when, when you say immediately say no what what is behind that
1: to me it just tastes like a plant
0: but mm-hmm. too greeny too too, too plant too flavory. yeah it has it's very strong um when was the last time you went tubing college oh it's been a while same it had been for me and we went with the whole family this
1: summer it was wonderful i got to take the kids uh what was your first job I was an intern Mm -hmm. at GSDNM, which is an advertising (gasps) agency in Austin. And uh, I knew about GSDNM because they had come to my high school career Mm fair. The founder, one of the founders, his daughter went to my high school. And Mm -hmm. I was really excited to intern there because I just thought that it was like such a cool place. Mm -hmm. I was really intrigued by advertising, even though I was... Not it, that was not my what I was studying, and I was not in the communication school, but it was a lot of fun and uh, it also made me realize that I was very good at getting work done, mm-hmm. but I think it, since it was my first job and it was my really my first internship ever, I only realized this kind of looking back i don't think I knew that I was supposed to be going one step further than what people asked me to do. I don't. I just mm-hmm. think no one ever told me that, or like I didn't know that. I think there were times when I could have been taking more initiative, mm-hmm. when I could have mm-hmm. been more thoughtful about things, where I could have been mm-hmm. uh, a little more creative. So I don't think I was necessarily a bad intern, but I, looking at my interns now that we have for Issue Voter, I'm blown away. Mm-hmm. They are amazing. And I just think, oh my gosh, I wasn't this good when I was in my first internship.
0: Okay, we're gonna have to sidebar for one hot second. GSD and M was my dream job. I applied for their internship. I don't know how many times on my dial-up computer at my home. Oh no. yeah, never, never got anything, never got anywhere. I can remember the application. We only hire creatives. What are you creative at? Like I then, further, further, I worked across the street at Frank and Angie's. Do you remember that?
1: No, pizza? I remember Huts,
0: but yeah. I don't remember Frank and Angie's. Right next, to, right? It's the same okay. Right next to Hutts, it's okay. called Frank and Angie's. It I have actually even pasta, been there. A pasta, pizza, like all is okay. the Italian version of. So I used to see it. I, oh no, I'm sorry. No, this was great. <laughs> <I like laughs> this was so great because this is like life lesson. It's it's who well, you know. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know oh, anybody. I, I had nobody to, to vouch oh, for me. I was like, oh,
1: they went to my high school. Yeah, yep. I actually didn't know yep. them. But I did mention mm-hmm. it in my cover letter. Yep. I said see? I said I know about GSDNM because they they did a presentation at my high school. <laughs> yep. and then no. I was like, I, d- mm-hmm. I probably did name drop. I mean, I probably was like Roy Spence.
0: <laughs> no, that's what it was in that town, especially then. Like I was, I tried. I mean, I got a job nearby. <laughs> like Wait, was not, you not a real internship because mine was an unpaid internship no i didn't get anything i never got anything no, i never went I mean, there were you, you were, oh. it sounds
1: like you were applying for a real job i was, no. I was like an unpaid intern <laughs> no i would
0: maybe i don't think so i mean maybe yeah probably because i couldn't afford to not work
1: so, that's, be- so see it's different no. i was like yeah. working for them for yeah. free i was a freshman
0: <laughs> I pro- no because i so wanted to work there i think i had applied even for that you know
1: it was really kind of cool i mean it was, uh, that was my only job in advertising ever. Like I didn't work in advertising, yeah, but the, it was, I mean, it, it, in a way it was probably a good first thing for, for me to try. Cause I had not really had any jobs before that. So yeah. <laughs> to not screw up in my first, you know, finance job or something. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> totally.
0: Okay. So let's see. Oh, let's that's see funny. Where are I we did yet?
1: hear you talk about the, in one of your other podcasts, I did hear mm-hmm. you talk about the, um, don't mess with Texas. Like I knew that I knew it was an anti-litter campaign, <laughs> Yep. but I guess yep. people didn't know that. No, people don't GSTDM know that M created that
0: campaign. Oh, I did not know that. Let's see. I did not know that. I did not know, as somebody living in New England and coming to Texas, I did not, I thought it was just like a slogan, you know, like a Texas Because Texas thing. is tough and cool. Don't mess yes. with us. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, now it is, you know, but yes, everyone will repeat it in case you don't le- hear this previous episode. Uh, it started out as a litter campaign that this advertising industry that um, we're both talking about, GSDNM, must have created. I did not know that. And it's been, I it was like the 90s, right? It's not even that old. I mean- I'm, I'm convinced the 90s is not that old. I don't care what
1: these kids say. <laughs> the late, the late 90s. I'm technically a millennial, but I don't feel like how people think of millennials. But millennials are old now. Millennials have kids now. It's really yes. Gen Z that's like the young kids now. Yes, totally.
0: Totally. Okay. Uh, what does H-E-B stand for? Her-
1: I don't remember his name. Herbert E. Blunt or but or something like that. Right. Yep. Howard Edward butts. Okay. (laughs) See, I totally got the name wrong, but I know it's like his name.
0: (laughs) Everybody knows it's butts. Yep. Um, so this is my like culture, food experience, all of it. I love to dive into this with people. Okay. So you're at, you know, County line, you're at Rudy's, you're at, um, Franklin's, you're at wherever, right. And you've your barbecue and the bread. How do you eat the bread? Do you eat the bread? Like, tell me your bread experience with the
1: barbecue. I tend not to eat the bread. I just want to like keep Focus the room in the my meat. stomach mm-hmm. for the barbecue and the sides. Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm, and it's, it's not because I don't eat carbs or anything like that. But just like in a barbecue setting, I don't typically eat yes. the bread. I want to tell people, um,
0: most people probably be from Texas listening to this, but yes, there's it's a big meal. Barbecue in itself, you know. You've got your meats, you've got your sides. So exactly, like I barely ate the bread when I could eat the bread. I'm celiac now, so I can't eat the bread. I'm the one, I'm the person that's like, no, but the no bread, no bread. I said no bread. I can't have the bread, and it's not a thing. I just really can't. It's not an allergy. It's not auto Oh, forget it. You know? <laughs> I guess some people like to make a sandwich with it. Is that why yes. they have the bread? Yes. So, but coming to the state and not knowing, I, like, I just was fascinated by it. I'm like, what are we doing with this? Why is there just a stack of bread? <laughs> yeah, but you're supposed to, I guess, is this, you know, put the meat and make like a little sandwich. But that seems weird to me. I'm like, who would eat two sandwiches then? You know? <laughs> <laughs> right? It's the same and, reason
1: I like thin crust pizza.
0: Yes. You can eat more less. pizza. Yes. Like the
1: New York ones are the size of your face. Well, just the thin crust versus like a deep dish, like deep mm-hmm. dish. You eat one slice and you're full, full thin yeah. crust. You can eat many slices. Yeah. So you can barbecue, eat. less, less bread, more, mm-hmm. more barbecue, more than barbecue. <laughs> totally. All
0: right. Well, that's all my questions I have. I just want to say thank you so much for taking this time. And it's lovely to meet you. And, um, I will, I will actually be meeting you, I think, um, you know, what, in 10 days or so, something like that? I'm so excited. Me too. It's going to be fun. Me too.
1: Um, thank you for taking the time today. And remind us again where everybody can find you. So people can find Issue Voter on Every social media. And thanks to our interns, we now have a TikTok and a YouTube channel, which we never had before this year. Mm -hmm. So it's just at Issue Voter everywhere, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter. And then where people can find me is really where you can find Issue Voter. I'm there too. Yep. (laughs) So find me there.
0: (laughs) Perfect. Perfect. And I remind everyone, I'm at Prickling Blooming on Instagram, maybe Facebook i have a twitter i mean yeah i have a twitter it's dying of loneliness um because I, you know what twitter is is just the comments and i just can't I, I just never read the comments you know um TikTok. sure i have an account same thing you know <laughs> it's there but I, my 13 year old needs to run it <laughs> um so everyone thank you again for your time and um thank you maria for your time and we'll meet here again next week